What you're about to hear is a portion of this week's Pod Dylan, the full version of which is now available only to FM Plus subscribers. Please enjoy this sample. For just a few dollars a month, FM Plus subscribers get all of our full episodes, bonus episodes, plus full archives from every show in the FM Podcast Network. Subscribing makes all of these great shows possible. You can sign up in Apple Podcasts or at fmpods.com. When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one live set at a time, part of the FM Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. And joining us this week, the first show of 2024, to discuss the complete Budokan 1978 set on bamboo flute is Jason MD. Hi, Jason. Welcome back. Top of the season to you, Rob. It's delightful to be back. Cheers, man. Absolutely. Uh, I've said, I mentioned this is the first show of the new year. This is also our 300th episode of Pod Dylan. Thank you. Uh, you were, of course, on our 200th episode where we discussed Joey. Mm. Uh, this 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 conversation <laughs> will be less question mark contentious than that one, but we'll, we'll find out as we as we go. But yeah, this was something you know this this set was released uh, in the middle of November. Something I wanted to get to it. It was a little daunting because of its sheer length, four hours mm-hmm. and thirty minutes. And yeah. so it was something I was like, well, I'm going to get to it eventually. And then it all just sort of lined up perfectly. Of course, you have a connection to this concert hall and we'll we'll talk about that but let's let's start before we even talk about this set this newly released set is what were your general feelings about the original budokan album that came in the live album that came out in 78 because it was not considered by most people like you know one of the one of the most star wars releases right yeah well <clears throat> i came to it without any expectations whatsoever because i didn't know anything about dylan that may be the third Dylan album that I ever heard, actually, with my own weird trajectory, which which goes down in the groove. <laughs> oh mercy, <laughs> live at Budokan, right? What what on <laughs> earth? <laughs> so I heard most of these songs for the first time in in that in the Japanese concert way, right? Like Shelter from the Storm and Don't Think Twice It's All Right, Oh Sister, etc. Like that was the first time I ever heard them was on the Budokan record. And I loved it. Uh, I thought it was weird and noisy and crazy and strange. This is long before I moved to Japan, of course. I just, well, okay. I, w- I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you this, but I just I just come back from Zimbabwe, spent a year in Zimbabwe on a rotary exchange. And I remember sitting on the front steps of my parents' house uh, shirtless and draped in Zimbabwean necklaces and bracelets. Right? Like I just wow. missed Zimbabwe listening to Bob Dylan's live at Budokan and, you know, going, who am I? Where am I? What on, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. So I really liked it from the start. It was only later that I found out that you're not supposed to like it. Right. But by then it was too late. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the best way to approach it is to just go into it pure, you know, and, and, and uh, I, you how know, about I, you? Well, okay. Um, I don't think that when I got it, I was cognizant of any reviews. I don't think I was reading reviews at that time. And this was, this was pre-internet when I just, when I really got into Bob. So, I mean, if I, 
if I read reviews, it had to have been in a book or a magazine. But other than that, it was, you know, they're a little harder to find, you know, reviews of a 1978 concert mm-hmm. album uh, in 1990 or 1992. I remember being struck by the sound and just, it, as you said, it was so strange. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about his tours, his big tours of the 70s, and he's, you know, he's doing the one in 74 with the band, which is this very punchy rock and roll mm-hmm. sound and then of course he moves on to rolling thunder which is punchy in its own way but different and then you get this which is like the family friendly bob dylan i guess you would say that kind of just it's just softer it's just everything mm. is just more approachable in some ways and you know, I so I, you know, I got the record, and I and by the way, I will I will mention like I, I took I really took to the um the like a Rolling Stone, and we'll go through the songs in in, in a bit, but like that version, I remember thinking was really terrific. I liked yeah. how different that was, but Agreed. some of the others were just puzzling to me a little. Uh, you know, um, fair enough. And and then you know, then he moves on into the 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 Born Again tour, which is again another hard turn. So you look at these four tours and you're like, God, he really was trying to do something very, very different. Well, and even all... going, going back even further than that, like, you know, going electric, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that pissed everybody off too. Right. And then, then, yeah, then you're right. So it's the electric tour that pisses everybody off. The band tour pisses some people off because it's too shouty. Right. Although it was a financial success. Right. Like, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was monster. Yeah. Huge success. But but you don't hear too many people talk about that live record with any particular fondness, right? Mm. I I quite like it, but um, most people it just seems to like Budokan. It's kind of yeah, not 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 for me, man. You know. And then yeah, this weird super duper Neil Diamond slash Las Vegas slash Elvis tour, right? Whatever those things mean because i'm not sure i know what those things mean yeah and then the christian stuff so he's been pissing people off every tour he does right (laughs) and then that's never stopped and until maybe now right people seem to dig the the rough and rowdy tour although Mm -hmm. there's not enough of the old songs or like does he really need to play black rider you know but people seem to finally accept it he's going to do whatever he wants right but it, it's taken, what is that, 30? 55 40, years. 55 <laughs> years, yeah. Only 55 for, for us to come around, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think part of the, the problem with his live albums in general um, is I think that they often, per, the, the, al- the resulting album um, is not, I, you know, it's hard to say because it makes it sound like I'm, I'm speaking for everybody when, of course, I'm only speaking for myself. But go ahead. I feel I feel like a lot of his live albums, once you then get the bootlegs and you hear the other material, you mm. say, hmm, the resulting record is not they they pulled they made some weird pulls for the mm. resulting record. And that right. I and that seems to have happened a lot. And so that why makes you just kind of go, well, all right, well, this material, okay, this material, there's actually a lot of really interesting stuff here, but they didn't use a lot of it, or they chose this over that. And why did they, why did they do that? Now I will say, um, I think list, by the way, the, it's called the complete Budokan 1978. Now that is a bit of a misnomer 
because the these two concerts were recorded February 28th, 1978, and March 1st, 1978. If you don't know, that sounds like, well, those were the, he only did two concerts at this hall, the Budokan, mm. and the, the, that's what this is. Well, that's not true. He actually did several shows in 70. He did shows on February 20th, the 21st, the 23rd, the 28th, as we mentioned, March 1st, March 2, 3, and 4, and 6. Right. So he did a lot of shows. Now, apparently most of them were not recorded for any purposeful live album. It was those two dates, February 28th and March 1st, that were recorded. And that's what they had to perm from. So mm. right there, they were, you know, kind of distilling it down a little bit. But even then, there's some songs on this complete set that I hear myself going, well, Jack, why didn't that, why isn't that on there? I did, that's kind of weird. because. Yeah, most of it's taken from the March 1st, right? The bulk mm -hmm. of it's from the March like 1st. Like 15 of the songs or something. Yeah. Right? It's only Shelter from the Storm, Love Minus Zero, Simple Twist of Fate, uh, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, Ma, Forever Young, and Times Are Changing from the uh, from the from the February 28th show, right? The rest mm -hmm. is from the 1st. And that was after, I didn't know this till recently. Like They played a couple shows in Tokyo. Then he went to Osaka and played there. Mm -hmm. And then back to Tokyo, and that's when yep. the shows were recorded. I sort of always thought they were the first show. That's what I always heard, right? The first sloppy show in Tokyo. Why did they put out the first sloppy show from Tokyo? But it's, that's not what it was at all, right? That's Although funny. You can, that... you can hear, like, at one point when Bob says, well, it must sound better out there than it sounds up here, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess they hadn't worked it out yet. That's what I've always heard about that tour, that that – it was much better later on, right? And huh. they sort of jumped the gun by releasing these early shows. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't heard any of the later shows from the tour, but it sounds like you have, man. How are they? I've I've heard little bits and pieces. Um, I've tried to track down some stuff because, again, he, you know, uh, like the first Budokan show that he did, February 20th, he did a version of uh, Something There Is About You, which he's, I think, mm. has never done live since. So, I mean, right. that's like, wow. Like, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. So, now you have been to this hall. You've been to Budokan. Not only have I been there, I I may be your only guest, Rob, who's been thrown out of the Budokan by politely sinister or sinisterly polite security guards. <laughs> it was when my dad, his first visit to Japan, it was our first full day in in Tokyo. So we got up and he wanted to see the Imperial Palace. So we went there and we were on our way from there to uh, Yasukuni Shrine, which that's the controversial one, occasionally visited by prime ministers. And it irritates the Chinese and the Koreans because all Japanese war dead are enshrined there, including, you know, the total assholes. So it's a problematic shrine. Anyway, we were on our way to, to see that. And then I thought, oh, look, it's the, <laughs> what have we here? It's hmm. the Budokan. And it was, um, it had just emptied out from, it was a graduation ceremony, probably university, I think, university graduation ceremony. So there were a lot of uh, uh, young women in kimonos taking pictures with their parents and so on, around, milling about. And we thought, perfect. So we just slipped in a side door and we, we were only there for a couple of minutes, just, just, just enough time to take a couple pictures and say, wow, this is, I remember thinking, this is the place. This <laughs> is the very place. And then we were, yeah, uh, unceremoniously <laughs> shown the door by some very serious, but still polite 
uh, security <laughs> guards. So that was pretty cool. But I do remember now, like how you always talk about Rob, the um, that 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 short, sort of shock of seeing Bob live, right, in the same mm-hmm. room, and you go, "That's the guy." Uh, I think there's a an associated shock that comes with some places, right, that are associated oh, sure. with that sure, you care yeah. about. It's not exactly the same as seeing Bob's hair poke above the piano, like, you know, as mm, there he is. But yeah, just being in the Budokan and going, and I do remember thinking, this is where Dylan recorded that record instead of, say, Beatles or uh, Kiss or uh, whoever else, right? I remember thinking, oh man, it's not that big a place. You know, in your mind, it's this huge. It's as it's as big as your feelings about the album, right? And you go, oh, it's, <laughs> it's not that big, actually. Hmm. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I do think that's true. I don't know what you call that that feeling you get about being in the actual social historical place, but I think you know what I mean, right? Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like this is a a piece of the history. This, yeah. you know, the, the, there's an album uh, was created here. Uh, and yes. so that is definitely a thing. What's you, you know, like how big is it? Is it a, like a cavernous kind of hall or is it sort of intimate? I mean, what's. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's, it's more of an auditorium than a concert hall. You know, it's, it may be, maybe 10,000 seats, maybe less, could be nine, eight, something like that. It's okay. not that big. You know, it's comprehensively, you know, the Budokan, you, oh, here it is. It's not like, I don't know. I've been to, I mean, I saw the Rolling Stones at Wembley mm. Stadium, right? That was too massive to understand, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, what's the biggest show you've ever seen in the biggest place? Oh, uh, oh, oh, um, it's got to be uh, Bruce Springsteen at uh, the Giants Stadium in, <laughs> in North Jersey. That's right. got to be the biggest one. Because that I remembered being struck by um at the end of the one of the um encores he does born to run and and at the point you know tramps like us they turn the lights on and mm-hmm. there were a sea of fists pumping <laughs> and i remembered i remember thinking i don't know why my brain works this way but i remember thinking in this moment i'm like man thank goodness bruce springsteen uses his powers for good because this could get ugly real fast if he very fast if this became like a nuremberg rally or something (laughs) because everyone is totally in his sway here but that was probably the biggest one because it was just that 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 stadium was just massive and so uh yeah yeah, that's probably the biggest one and that's I've, you know, I've listened to you talk about going live shows and you're feeling about it and going to concerts and so on. And I tend to agree with you. It's kind of, I don't know, it's a pain in the ass, right? The whole thing is yeah. a pain in the ass. And then it's a pain in the ass to be there apart from seeing the guy, you know, or whoever the band or whoever you've gone to see. But how do you feel about live records? Do you like live albums? Are you a fan of them? Do you? Uh, I well okay I mean of of Bob's I I said this a while ago on a, on the show and a bunch of people really took me to task for it um but like I don't I think that the 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 live album as a concept is something is one of the few things that Bob Dylan has not completely cracked I I agreed. think now agreed. I I mean people said oh well what about the the live world Albert you know quote unquote wrote Royal Albert Hall shows that's different because that is going back in time 
and mm-hmm. pulling something that you knew was great and just never got released. I'm talking about in the moment where he was putting these out as commemorative releases uh, of the tours he was doing. I don't mm-hmm. think he's ever quite now. Now some of them are great. I think the hard rain record is great, but I don't think he's just, there's just something you're just like, ah, this material, like the Dylan and the dead. We talked about that on the show. We're like, you know, that's a, a you know, much you know, disregarded live album. And you go back and you listen to the material for that. And you're like, good Lord. They really almost went out of their way to pick the worst material to put it on the record. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I, I, I like hearing Bob's live stuff. I love hearing it on YouTube and, and some of his live performances of songs I've absolutely fallen in love with. I still, to this day, don't understand like why the supper clubs are still, you know, like mm. missing in action. I don't get that, you know, what that, what that's about. Cause I've heard those and those are really great. Those are terrific, mm. but yeah. yeah. And so, you know, listening to this, listening to the complete Budokan, I came away with, like I think of what you're supposed to, I came away from these shows with a better appreciation of what this was versus the one that he put out in 1978. Now, obviously these are for diehards because it's four hours and 30 minutes worth of content. The, you know, a, a, yeah. a, a casual Bob Dylan fan is not going to sit through this much material and hearing kind of the same songs over and over again, but right. listening to it straight through, I was like, okay, he, this was a, a thing he was trying to do, and you can argue some places it works and some places it doesn't. But once again, he's trying something very different from anything he's done before. Good on him for doing that. Yeah. And you're right. Sometimes it really works. I think some of those versions are better than any other versions I've ever heard. Right. Ooh. Like, um, I think that like the desire stuff, Oh Sister mm-hmm. and um, Cup of Coffee. I love Oh Sister. Are, I think those sisters are terrific. Phenomenal. Yeah. So spooky and weird and great. Mm-hmm. Very cinematic um, and actually kind of, I think, a little tonally closer to what the rest of Desire sounds like than the one on the actual record. Yeah. So, yeah, I think those yes. sisters great on this. And then sometimes, like, I'm not sure. I, I can never decide if I if I prefer that it's all right, uh, Ma. It's pretty bombastic. It may be too bombastic, right? And mm-hmm. there are certainly versions that, like, I think... Um, all along the watchtower doesn't work at all. I think that's just, it's too rocked up, too rocked up for my taste. Same with Maggie's farm. It's like, Oh, Oh man, it's <laughs> overcooked a little bit. But on the other hand, I like the shelter from the storm. I think works great. I think mm-hmm. uh, love minus zero works great. <laughs> okay. No, are you? I, no, I, no, you know what? No, no, no. I, I, I'll tell you. So like, there's what, I think there's three versions of that on the, on this record. There's three. And the first one that you get to, if you listen to it chronologically, uh-huh. uh, well, not chronologically, you listen to the order that it's been put on. Um, well, I guess that would be chronologically. You listen to it. Right. And it's got that flute. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> initially the like, flute. what yeah. the hell is this? You know? Sure. And then, we got to the we I, I say we because as, as I mentioned on Twitter, I decided to listen to this entirely during the time I would walk my dog. I wanted mm-hmm. to I, I just wanted to sort of separate it from the podcast listening I do and everything else. So I was like, OK, I will only listen to the Budokan record as I walk Pippa. And I learned that by in I walked Pippa four hours and 30 minutes in two days. She gets a lot of walks. I just I was like, wow, this is a lot of walking for this dog. Yeah. But anyway. 
the first one, right? It's got the, the, the you know, the speaks like sound. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, come on. What is this? And then when they got to the second one that doesn't have the flute, mm-hmm. it, it it just has the it has the instrumentation, but doesn't have the flute. I, I caught myself going, oh, damn, where's the flute? <laughs> So I missed right. it already. So yeah, yeah. I was like, damn it, Bob, you got me. <laughs> you missed the flute. I did. You the flute on your walk with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I can, I, what do you do? I can see why people, some people who are, they, they love the, with the 66 tour or whatever. I just want him on stage with a guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Singing these songs. Okay. This is not for you. Uh, or even I like the shouty band stuff. Okay. This is not for you. But I don't know. I kind of like these weird versions that he's, again, he's trying something new. He wants, he clearly always wanted to be a rock star, right? I think that's true. And this was his big stab at being a big Elvis style rock star, right? Now, maybe he decided at the end, that's maybe not for me. Maybe that's not, maybe, okay, I'm going to, am I going to do the voice? I'm not going to do the voice, but. this is not for me. Maybe I should scale it back or do something different or whatever. Or he just got tired of it. Like he seems to do all the time, right? He gets tired of things. He's restless. And that's what we love about him. I think is that he, he, he keeps trying something new with these songs. He knows that the songs are elastic enough and powerful enough to contain whatever he wants to do with them. So he keeps doing this, right? I'll okay. I'll do it acoustic. I'll do it big band i'll do it quiet i'll do it with some backup singers speaking of which that's <laughs> maybe my favorite thing about this collection is those backup singers it's gorgeousness i love it i love how they sound and that when they come in sometimes you go oh wonderful and that takes me back to his appreciation of the beatles and the beatles appreciation of um girl groups early girl groups from the Mm -hmm. fifties and sixties, right? Like that kind of, I think there's a connection there. I think there's a through line there and he was trying it out. And then how does he introduce them? This is my fiance and this is my (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife. I got to that part. Right. And I, when he's like, my fiance, Helena Springs, I was like, huh? And then he's like, my ex-wife, Debbie died. I went, Oh, okay. He's doing it. He's doing a bit. Okay. All right. Okay. And then I met the other one in a department store or whatever it is that he says. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of but i do think that he's just again trying out and god love him for having the the guts to go okay i want to try this out this tour you know that's what i want to do and the suits and everything right the neil diamond suits great and nobody liked it so he's like all right (laughs) so what nobody's liked what i've done from the start so but what how long was it between this tour and the next tour do you know couple years, well, this, two so, years so this is uh no i mean he was doing that tour the next one in by october of 79 i believe so you're talking 16 months and i mean right. he kept touring i mean he didn't he went on to australia after this which yeah. is by the way that's a punishing schedule you know for a, I, a, anybody just I by know. the way just just flying on a plane like that. But it, it is so funny when you think about it that like we, you know, we all have the benefit of hindsight that we've all been around. We, we've known Bob, most of us for 50, you know, as a mm. recording artist for 
he's got a 60 year history. We're not coming, not all of us are coming into it with that much history, but we, we know about it. And it's just so much easier to put stuff in context. You just say, well, if this live album doesn't do it for you, there's all the, there's the original yeah. versions. You know, if, if, yeah. And, and you just look at it and you say, why did everybody get so angry? Like, <laughs> you know, like what's the, so what? You know, like, like, I mean, look, I know a lot of people exactly. really, I know a lot of people really like the slow, I want you. Mm. Um, and, and uh, like Henry Bernstein talks about that, that's his favorite version. I think it, now, I think, cause he said, that's the version he heard first. Um, I'm guessing that would be the same for you, right? You, yep. if you, this was your third record. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, it, it, I, it, no versus the one on blonde. I get, you know, the, the, the guitar riff on the one on blonde and blonde to me is like pure bliss. And so, um, this slow one doesn't just do it for me, but I can appreciate, okay, he's taking a song that was so, um, catchy and slowing it down and turning it into this ballad. And it may not work for me, but I still have the other one. There's nothing to be angry about. I still <laughs> have the one I like. It's fine. Like, I you know, it's like, you just think about like, why, what a waste of time for so many people to be like, ah, this stuff sucks. What's he doing? Well, all right, yeah. move on to the next thing. What's the They problem? don't listen to it. Not, yeah, yeah, there's not a problem there. Also, can we, do we agree? Can we agree that uh, the man in me on here, sort of, that's the price of admission right there? Like, it's great. I would loved it. What do you think? No? What a bizarro, to take a song that is so simple and sweet and romantic and then add, <laughs> he's turned it into another triad song where there's yeah. like, He's talking, he's talking about someone else that he loves more versus yeah. this other person. And you're like, wow, he's just completely subverting that entire song. And it is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a brave attempt to completely change yeah. the song into something else. And also a brave attempt to, to change it, a sort of relatively, uh, you know, unfamous song. That's an obscure mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. on this set that is supposed to be his big sort of you know that was one of the criticisms oh it's just the greatest hits tour you know as demanded by the japanese promoters or whatever what the man in me with new lyrics <laughs> thanks for listening to this part of the episode we hope you'll consider becoming an fm plus subscriber to hear the full version of this and all of our shows sign up in apple podcasts or at fmpods.com